everyone to the Outtakes Movie Podcast, where we're still on our quest to go through every single movie ever made and objectively rank the best to worst of all time. I'm Sam and I am joined, as always, by my amazing team. Amelia, what's going on? Hello. I'm going to apologize now to everybody because obviously we've got builders working in the construction site, but they've decided to do some work on the underground car park which is obviously directly below me two floors, and all you can hear is banging. And like, You know when you watch like a comedy show and it's like, oh, the construction outside? It literally is that consistently. Wow, wonderful. So if it picks it up, I apologise to anyone listening. Well, fingers crossed. It doesn't. Joe, how's things? All right, yeah. Got, got a candle. So that's nice. <laughs> smells pretty good in here. Nice, nice. Yeah. I didn't. I couldn't immediately tell that that was a candle when you lifted it up. It looked like an incredibly viscous sort of uh, like cranberry-based drink. <laughs> I thought it was it thick. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no. <laughs> what did you I'm do so that? <laughs> fucking bit. I've got like hairspray in, so it kind of like imagine if it just You're got off in flames. Like. Oh my god! What a sigh that would have been, <laughs> Jacob. How are you? <laughs> I'm I'm here and I'm not a fire hazard to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent news. So this week's movie is Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs, which came out on the March the 30th of 2018. So let's do a little pop culture roundup and see where we were in 2018. I think we've I think we've covered one other movie in 2018, and I seem to remember the pop charts being somewhat similar to what we've ended up here. So number 36 is a standard pop. It's Havana. That's it's that song. Uh, yeah, it's still kind of doing the rounds. So it kind of is, isn't it? Yeah. And then number thirty-six, number twenty-six, and number eight are respectively "Never Enough," "A Million Dreams," and "This Is Me" from The Greatest Showman. Oh wow! Oh okay, right. Twenty eighteen. Yeah, that's where we are. Uh, it's still, it's, I think it came out in January. Still in the charts. A million dreams being in the charts. Really, f- that that song's like fucking fifteen minutes long in the movie, isn't it? It's like half the <laughs> film. A million dreams. Yeah. Uh, and number three was "Feel It Still," Portugal the Man. That's a song I actually genuinely like. Yeah. That's a bop. I don't. I don't even know which uh, which one's that one. Um, the thingy. Um, I I've been a rebel yeah. since nineteen 1960- sixty. It says not to 66 now. Oh, yeah, that that one. One. Uh, yeah. The album yeah. is like a car on Riverdale and it got really famous after that or something. I remember. I that, hope it not. Like it was in a Butlin's advert. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> was I it? No, no, I remember like someone I know like discovering it and then like two weeks, no, however long later after that, it was on an episode of Riverdale or something and then everyone started listening to it. Wow. And, like I started that trend. Uh, <laughs> well, well it is a decent track. Uh, number no, in the world of video games, <laughs> fuck all, <laughs> not, <laughs> not a thing. It's cl- usually we even have like foam releases. Not a thing. The closest was the day before a game called Super Robot Wars came out, which was disappointingly not based on the British TV show oh. of the same name. Uh, so oh, that's sucks. So get, get so kill a lot in a video game. I want it in the world of cinema. Well, this was at the very end of the month. So I cheated a little bit and I've gone back in time and I've picked three competitors to Isle of Dogs. Let's see if uh, you would have any of you would have seen this instead on the 23rd Pacific Rim Uprising came out. Right. The one that everyone pretty much agrees was a mistake. 
<laughs> in the middle of the month, the 16th, the Tomb Raider film came out. With Alicia okay. Vikander. I can never say her last name. Yeah. Is it yeah. Vikander? Is that Is it? That? I'm not sure. And on the 23rd again, if you were debating, you could have also seen Sherlock Gnomes. <laughs> Iconic. Uh, wow. 2018. Seen, I saw the first one, Nermio and Juliet. Yeah. And that was quite funny. Quite, quite like that one. Fair and enough. Again, I watched the it in school, one, so... Is the second one the one with Johnny Depp in it? Doesn't he play someone in it? I'm sure I remember seeing here that, that he was in it. Maybe he played Sherlock, as ridiculous Maybe. as that sounds. I think he did. You know, I actually think he did. <sighs> like, I remember him being in it. Great cinema. The thing is, I'm hoping... I didn't see any of these films in the cinema, but I also didn't see Isle of Dogs. So I'm hoping I just didn't go to the cinema, you know? Because I would have <laughs> I would have rather seen this film than any of those. I went twice to see this film. Nice. Not even joking. Well, it wasn't exactly stiff competition. But anyway, we're here to talk about the... Well, I think it's the better one, certainly. Amelia, take it away. So, Isle yeah. of Dogs. So before we start our journey into the, the magical, whimsical land that is... Wes Anderson, I feel like it's only right to listen to... Uh, it's royalty-free, so we should be okay. Um, a little tiny, eeny-weeny snippet of taiko drumming, because that is a big part of Wes Anderson's film. It's obviously quite a big part of Japanese culture. Um, and I, I just kind of... I feel like the minute I hear any sort of taiko drumming, I do instantly think of this film. That and the whistle that I... I can't do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you notice, by the way, on the topic of that, someone's credited for being the whistler. Are they? They didn't just ask the voice oh. actors to do it. There was a dedicated whistler for this film. Fair play. But I, I will... Oh, come on, phone, log in. Come on. Oh, don't be doing this in my moment of... Uh, my moment of stardom. Here we go. Right. There we go. <laughs> You're going to have to send me that, that track so yeah, that I can oh, play yeah. it for real. <laughs> All I can think of is the gorilla playing the drums in that one Cadbury's advert. Really? The fucking... Oh, for some reason. I yeah. Phil, what's the Phil Collins? Phil Collins. Yeah. Immediately. Beautiful that. Fair play. Well, none of that happens in this film. A lot happens in this film, but no, no gorillas on drums, I'm afraid. Shame. So yeah, as Sam said, it came out on the 30th of March 2018 in England. Uh, it premiered at the Berlin for, uh, Film Festival in February, though. Um, so it pretty much kind of came out pretty much straight after that. Um, I've written notes. I've written kind of not necessarily facts and a, like a loose kind of breakdown of the plot because I just want to have a chat about it, really. There's... There's not. A, I mean, it's a Wes Anderson film. You can sit and talk about cinematography all day, and we all know this is like a gorgeous <laughs> cinematography film. Yeah, but, yeah. Or even you could sit and talk about the process of um, what you call it of stop motion animation for a while. But I just kind of want to have a chat and talk about how nice this film is. To be fair, so obviously we've got the main cast. You've got Bill Murray, who is Boss, and Boss is obviously the dog um, who was part of the um, baseball team, and he was the, their mascot. You got Duke, played by Jeff Goldblum. Um, wasn't sorry. Oh. Wasn't Bill Murray? Didn't Bill Murray play Michael Jordan's baseball-loving mate in Space Jam? Doesn't he come out at the end of the film and join the join the team? I'm sure he does. You know. 
Probably. To fight against <laughs> the monsters. Maybe we need to cover Space Jam at some point. <laughs> 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 Who does Jeff Goldblum play? I didn't actually pick up. I noticed Jeff Goldblum on the cast list, but I didn't pick up on his voice. He's um, he's the not? one that's no. like, did you hear the rumour? Did you hear the rumour? It's that that's Jeff. It's very subtle. Like he he's not going over the top. He's basically just chatting. But yeah, he, he's kind of the dog that loves the gossip. Like with all the ones in this film, I was like, I mean, I knew the cast when I went to watch it anyway. And I yeah, I picked up on who everyone was. Like some are more obvious, like Brian Cranston's really obvious. Yeah. Like yeah. Scarlett Johansson. I was going to say Sky Joe. No, it's her well, yeah, I picked up Gold, mm. Jeff Goldblum. Maybe not for, I mean, it was, it was 2018, so I don't remember, but I remember mm. thinking that was Jeff Goldblum. But maybe I'm just a Jeff Goldblum fan. All of them. <laughs> 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 Do you reckon it's whether or not they've done voice acting before? Because I was able to pick out Bill Murray's voice quite easily, but he's mm. played Baloo in The Jungle Book. I'm not. I'm sure Brian Cranston's done some voice acting work as well. Brian Probably. Cranston, before you know, everyone knows who he was in the '90s, did a crap ton of monster voices in Power Rangers. Oh yeah, he was original oh. um, Zordon, wasn't he? He wasn't the original Zordon. He was, he was the, the Zordon? no, he was the Zordon he in was the, one of the movie. Saban's Power Rangers one. In the in the twenty, That's the Krispy the Kreme Power Rangers. He was the Zordon <laughs> in that. Krispy Kreme Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> that's amazing um yeah like you say we've got brian cranston who is chief the stray who we find out actually isn't a stray um you've got edward norton playing rex um basically it's just a dog of leisure by the sounds of it yeah and then um i always forget the guy who plays um king and it's a guy called bob baladan balaban i can't say that He's in like a bunch of like Wes Anderson stuff. A lot of the stuff in is Wes Anderson films are all yeah, they're all like people that he's worked with before. So like Edward Norton's in a few of them, and Bill, Bill Murray Murray's definitely in is. Lots of them. He's pretty much in every single one of them. Mm. You know, like I'm trying to think who else. I think yeah, that guy plays Kings in a few of them as well. I don't know about anyone else. Scarlett Johansson's mm. in this one. Oh no, maybe she's not. She's in this one. She in the new one? No, don't know. Can't remember. Doesn't matter. Oh, the French but Dispatch. I really want to watch in, that. Yeah, I think she might be in that one as well. But um, Bill Murray's in that one as well because mm. it's with Anderson and Bill Murray, the bros. So, it's almost like this is a director thing, isn't it? Where if they're like Tarantino, the minute you get people you like and can work with, they'll yeah. just reuse them, which is fair. You're not having to go through and deal with new people, but like at the same time, like I'll, I'll be look. Sometimes I have moments where I'll look. Like, for example, I was watching a film the other day with Alan Rickman in it, and it's Snape. I, I just sometimes, <laughs> like, I can't put people out of my head unless they're a certain, per- like, a really strong character. So it's one of them. But um, a couple of other people have written down, kind of, that we'd know. Obviously, Scarlett Johansson plays Nutmeg, the show dog. And then probably one of my favourites is Tilda Swinton playing Oracle. Oh, which is amazing. It's oh. like, it's going to snow this week. Oh, wow, wow. You you have visions of the future. Mm-hmm. No, she can understand the TV. <laughs> Such it's a like good snow. bit. That's <laughs> what so they called it, Oracle. Like, you like the, the decision to make her a pug as well yeah. was so fucking Just smart. Like Every time she was on screen. Eyes. Yeah, killed me. Amazing. Um, you've got Greta Gerwig playing um, Tracy, the foreign exchange student. Uh, and I read somewhere that because she actually is 
um, French speaking as well. She speaks French. She did the French translation for that that character as well. Nice. Um, Makes sense. Obviously, we've got Yoko Ono plays Yoko Ono, but as a scientist. And I read somewhere that she speaks as herself in English, but when she speaks in Japanese, that's not her. So I'd like to know, I'd like, I'd love to kind of do a bit more research and see if that's true, because if that's true, why? She speaks Japanese. I don't know. It's Yoko Ono, isn't it? Yeah. You know? True. Yeah. She's probably um, screaming halfway through the booth, like recording. She's like, oh, I've got to get, <laughs> I can use this time to get my new fucking album in. It's fucking love Yoko that. Ono. <laughs> um, we've got Levi, I can never say his name. Fucking, um, uh, Wolverine's brother, him. Uh, leave, leave Schreiber. Oh yeah, that's yeah. the one. He okay. plays Spots Kobayashi, the the, uh, the guard dog. Frances McDormand is in it as well. She plays one of the interpreters. I think it's the news lady. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm just going back down the cast now. Then it kind of gets in. Angelica Houston is in it, but she's just noted as mute poodle. <laughs> 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 so like what did she do provide like a whimper it's like, not a so, joke <laughs> so just a I, fucking epic way to troll someone well, this is the thing. you're I, in an I, animated I, movie and you've got no lines no line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, no, but have you ever seen that thing though in South Park that they got who was it someone really famous it was like George Clooney or something and then when they were like because he wanted to be in it, and they were like, right, cool, you can be in it, and then they made him just do, they played one of the characters' cats or something, and it's just him meowing for the whole thing. That's, That's amazing. Because they didn't, didn't want to get him to play himself, so they got him to play, like, the cat, so he just fucking meowed for the whole thing. I think it's in the movie. I love it when people do that. Yeah. That was so ridiculous. Nice. Um, so that kind of just the cast. Um, so, yeah, so obviously we, there's a little thing we do on this little podcast where we kind of talk about um, box office and stuff. There's no official budget for this film. Weird. I could not find one. They've, I don't think they've released it. But Wes Anderson's previous animated film, um, Fantastic Mr. Fox, same stop motion animation. I'm pretty sure it's the same company that came back to do it as well. Yeah, it looks um, the same. That cost $40 million to make. Oof. So... Wow. Okay. I don't know whether or not... It probably was more than that, unless they understood how to like cheapen things. But I imagine most of that goes to like paying for like the time to, it would take to make this. Because like this, it's not like you're not gonna necessarily you're paying like your voice actors and stuff. But mm. I imagine a lot of that money goes to yeah, just like paying for like mm. space like to film this stuff. Because yeah, yeah, like hours, months, like. Probably years to animate all this stuff, especially not, like the like, little things in this movie, because you've yeah. got a lot of big accentuated motions, which are, which are probably more done for time saving stuff. But like animating hair, oh, constantly, yeah. you know, yeah, take a long a lot time. Of that. Like even if someone like like when Spots is getting sent to the Isle of Dogs at the beginning of the Trash Island, and he he's just kind of sat there in the cage, his fur's like slightly moving. And like I said, I remember watching that, like someone's literally just ruffling that and then taking a picture and then ruffling it and then taking a picture. Then. Yeah. And that's, I'm like, I've made stop motion animation films with my Lego. <laughs> I know how long We've this all shit the, Yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> um, but if you guys want to take a, a stab at how much you think this film brought in, I don't know if this is worldwide or just domestic. I'm guessing 
this might be just domestic. It didn't actually say when I looked. Leave leave me till last. Well, actually, okay. don't ask me because I tried to find a budget just in case and I accidentally saw the box office. But I also saw that there's a real place called the Isle of Dogs there is, in, in London, London, which I didn't know about. Yeah. And I just kind of fell down facts. a Wikipedia like rabbit hole and now I'm back up. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you two have a guess, you're more than welcome to fire it over. Um, so roughly, we think about 40 million, maybe more. To cost, to, to, to make it. It does sound about right. Yeah. Fifty million, not loads. I mean, Wes Anderson's got a pretty big name for himself, but it's. I don't know. Yeah, March was a bit of a. From other films that came out, it sounded like a bit of a dead month to release stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going um, fifty mil. See, the thing is, I don't know. Like, where the thing Wes Anderson is, I remember it being like the advertisement for it and stuff. But I only know of one other person who went to watch this film. Like out of everyone that I knew from like that, like, like a uni and stuff. Do you feel like Wes Anderson might be a little bit like, this is a weird sentence because it's not immediately apparent. I think where I'm going, but a little bit like Kevin Smith in regards to, they never really lose money on their films and they're like well-respected within film to be like a big enough name, but like it d- that doesn't impact on general audiences at all. Do you know what I mean? Like, tar- like a Tarantino weird. movie is going to pull in numbers because a lot of people know who Tarantino is. Wes yeah. Anderson might be a name you've heard of, but like, I know that if I tell my mum that a Wes Anderson movie should come out, she'll be like, cool. Like she's not going to go and, you know, see it, but just based yeah. on that. Yeah. Mm. I feel like, I, and that's I know. what I meant by Kevin Smith. I, I don't think I needed to use the comparison. <laughs> <laughs> the one who always wears like the backwards baseball hats and the jackets that yeah cheap. yeah did clerks oh, okay. and mole rats and that stuff see okay. saying that like I I don't know it's weird it's a weird one because I mean the thing with Wes Anderson is he's very he's got like it, it's very clear when you're watching one of his films you know what I yeah, mean like he's yeah, got that's a true. very particular but he's, it, that doesn't necessarily make him like some mad famous I mean What's the budget? Is this for like so? Are we when we're guessing the? Is this going to be like the general like worldwide? This is the yeah. This is the thing. When I got it, I actually it didn't say. It just kind of gave me a number. (laughs) So it could be more for the worldwide. This could just be domestic. But if it is domestic, fair play. Okay. I'm gonna say yeah, probably about I don't know. Because Jacob said fifty, I'm gonna say sixty. Okay, Joe, you are closest. It is $64.2 million. But again, I don't know if that is domestic or if that's worldwide. It probably is worldwide. Yeah, Yeah, I was was going to say, say, it probably could be your worldwide one. I reckon it just made its money back in America and then, like you say, the extra money from... I mean, like I say, I was so excited for this film when it came out because, like, I was all over it, everything. I don't don't know, I just... I really love this film. And then, like you say, I went to see this twice in the cinema. Once with a group of people, and there's about four of us, so that's four tickets. And then I think <laughs> Zach and I went back. Wow, so you counted six of those tickets. That's like I uh, am the 40 reason. pounds. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I, a million pounds a ticket, bro. I mean, we we, we were very much gonna go. I I don't know what the reasoning was that we didn't. It must have been just like a monetary issue. Um, mm. But it, it was one. What were 
not that many people were talking about it. like i wouldn't have been shocked to have gotten there and found a mostly empty cinema mm. um Mine. i just don't think it gelled with people when I, when I went to pick up the blu-ray there was one copy in hmv you know yeah. and that that doesn't tend to happen unless a movie's not been that popular really it's kind of reverse psychology in hmv you know the more popular the movie is the more copies of it that are likely to be there yeah yeah See, I remember, I mean, we went to watch it. I, remember, I think we went to watch it in the middle of the day, so it wasn't that popular anyway. It wasn't that busy anyway. But, like, I was, I, like, I liked all the Wes Anderson films anyway, so I was well excited for this. Like, I liked mm. Fantastic Mr. Fox and The Grand Budapest Hotel. And what are the other ones? They just slipped my mind. Actually, I just you, think I've not watched many. <laughs> yeah. What's the other one? The Royal, the one with, like, Gwyneth Paltrow and... Iron Man. Well, yeah, that one, yeah. yeah that God, imagine a Wes Anderson <laughs> Iron Man movie. Holy shit. Oh my God. It's just lots of like, oh I think I want to kill him. <laughs> just like really like far like center shots and like. <laughs> I actually can't remember the other two. There's the, there's the one about like, it's about like scouts or whatever. I can't remember. But yeah, no, scouts I like Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Mean. Is the what? <laughs> the Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. I don't, I've never not, seen not that. Not heard of that one? That sounds no. fake. What is that? It's, yeah. no, that it's is real. real. real it's film. real because when we used to, we used to have a local like arts house, like theatre and cinema, and they used to have a box full of posters, and we took that poster home just because of how cool it looked. Yeah, it's real dumb. There's a bunch of like Boy Scouts of America who are all together, and they use their skills as Boy Scouts to fight against zombies. That sounds fun. Zombie apocalypse. That sounds it's, fun. <laughs> it's really fucking stupid. <laughs> But you didn't get it because you didn't know you hadn't heard of it, so I couldn't. It doesn't work as well as jokingly saying Iron Man. Are they like, are they like proper scouts in like the shots and shit and all that shit? Yeah, that you yeah, they got yeah, yeah. Oh man, they're just not as Wes Anderson-y, I'm afraid. I mean, to be fair, there is the, that's how they dress in the Wes Anderson one as well. I think, but well, there you go. It make, make scout, give scouts a bad name. <laughs> friends used to bully me saying I dress like that. But like, nah, scouts are well. I dress anyway, like a scout. Yeah. Happy days. My animal person oh, well, character is like a scout. Scouts was well sick. I loved it. It was amazing. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, anyway, yeah. So like, like, yeah, yeah. So the cinema was pretty dead, mm-hmm. but that was because it was probably like eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock in the middle of the day on like a Wednesday. So that was probably the reason. Mm. But that's for me. I it was just me and my mate. Well, no, I went to watch it with Beth, but my mate went to watch it with his girlfriend as well. But he's the only other person I know who went to watch this film. So, like, I'm not kind of surprised. I'm. I'm I'm surprised it made as much as it did. But if that's the worldwide, then I suppose mm. it's going to be thingy. But. Do you think that the look of this movie could have put people off? Yeah. I think it could have. Yeah. It, looks, it definitely looks more kind of film festival material, which... Mm. That's where it debuted. Some people so, think it, it's pretentious from that as well, don't they? Like, oh, well, I'll, ne- I'll never understand it, so I'll never go and watch it. Yeah, yeah. It, doesn't look, it doesn't look like Wallace and Gromit, which is well, yeah. also like your, your, your classic mm. stop-motion movie. But everyone, like loads of people have seen that. This looks more like detailed and doing it as a style rather than, I don't know, because it's easier, I guess, which is why, where yeah. Wallace and Gromit started. Mm. When he did Fantastic Mr. Fox... I didn't want to see it because of how it looked mm. like the, the character designs were kind of off putting to me. Um, and I didn't share the same thing when, uh, when this movie came out, cause 
I was just I was just interested by its unique visual aesthetic, but I can see that same thing putting a lot of people off. Yeah, I remember I've... like really wanting to watch Mr. Mr. Fantastic uh, Mr. Fox when it came out. Mm. I don't think we ever did, but like I, f- I always felt that like with that one, that's I-, I can't imagine them doing it any other way now. You know what I mean? Like if they did it like an animated film, it just wouldn't be. I don't know. It's a weird one, that one. Roald Dahl requires, I think, some kind of eccentristic quality. Yeah. Mm. I, I, think, I think one of the things that was interesting about this movie with Isle of Dogs was at the start of it, um, and I, I swear this is a studio-mandated thing because I don't think you needed it. Just after the prologue, it flashes up that message that says the majority of the dialogue, the majority of the human dialogue in this is in Japanese and we'll translate what's important. I don't think you needed that. No. But I think the studio no. was probably quite scared of putting off general audiences because mm. of it. And I thought the gimmick and the idea of it was great. And I, and I actually could have done with less translation. Because I think the mm. idea that, you know, you'd, someone who's not a native Japanese speaker has to naturally relate to the dogs more yeah. because you don't understand what the humans are saying. And then I, I, I assume it was swapped in Japanese. Like the Japanese released this movie. I've not checked, but I assume yeah, they that, swapped it. Yeah, that so was one of my all notes. the Japanese people just barking instead of like... No, no they're probably noises. in English. Not <laughs> 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 fucking dogs. <laughs> Jesus. I found the breakdown of the budget really quickly just before we carry on. Um, it oh, okay. grossed 32 million in US and Canada and then 32 million everywhere else. So, I, that's very Wes Anderson, equal on both sides, my guy. Um, so, yeah, so that's kind of a breakdown of that. But, yeah, so before I kind of break down the plot and we have a chat about that, I've just got a couple of facts and interesting things that I've found about it. So, like Sam said earlier, basically, apparently the idea came to Wes Anderson. He was dealing with, I think it was Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox or... Some one of the productions, I can't remember whichever one was before, um, in London doing stuff with that, and he drove past a sign that said Isle of Dogs, because there is an Isle of Dogs in London, and he was like, I'm going to make a film about that. So there you go. Screenwriters and people out there, inspiration's all around. <laughs> he could have driven past the movie poster for the other Isle of Dogs movie. You know, the one Maybe. I said the guy's the trailer for. That really... So I couldn't even get a handle on what that movie was. Honestly, (laughs) was it a thriller, a horror, a crime? Like what what, what what was was that movie? What was the tagline again? Was it like sex, drugs, and a mug of tea? Sex, drugs, and a mug mug of tea. Yeah. What the fuck? Uh, Yeah, this doesn't deserve the title Isle of Dogs as much as this one. It does not. So this one was filmed in London and it used over 20,000 faces and over 1,105 puppets in total, which is pretty crazy. It did get two Oscar nominations as well, one for Best Animation and one for, like, an achievement in music, but it didn't win any of them, and I couldn't, for some reason, I just, I think I was being lazy, I just couldn't find or be bothered to search for who won. Um, (laughs) Oh, okay. Isle of Dogs didn't win, so that's all that matters. Um, And, yeah, a lot of, like, and I kind of realised this when I went to go and see it, when you see it say, Isle of Dogs, quick... Yeah. It sounds like you're saying, I love dogs, which is ironic considering yeah. quite a big Sweet. part of this film is about evil cat people yeah. not liking dogs. I love that angle, you know, the <laughs> anti-dog agenda. <laughs> it's, 
it's um, such a good like way to like bring up and talk about and mock because this film uses so much like fascist like language you know as it's as it's for its antagonists and to frame it as that and but then also to use the language of fascism like right up until the end when the when the protester when tracy breaks in and they say she's bringing evil ideas from foreign lands over you know (laughs) (laughs) to keep the language authentic but the like idea ridiculous was so fucking good i was i was a big fan of that it's so good um i found this really interesting bit of like japanese history for you so there actually was a shogun back in uh he was from 1642 46 to 1709 forgive me for the butchering of this pronunciation i'm gonna give it a go (laughs) i looked at it and nothing came out (laughs) it's like Tokoyu Ogawa, and his last Sounded name right. is, is it, you don't pronounce the T, do you really? Or is no. it, it's like Sunayoshi, something like that. Um, and he basically was known as the dog shogun because he literally loved dogs and he brought a lot of like the animal protection laws in. Like on, I don't know whether the shogun owns a certain area or runs a certain area. I, don't, I haven't really kind of done my Japanese history much. Um, but yeah, he kind of was a big advocate for dogs, which is quite interesting. Um, this is Wes Anderson's eighth, eighth film with Bill Murray. So like we were saying earlier, <laughs> like my guy likes to reuse, but hey, uh, I don't know if you guys picked up on it at all as well. But one quite cool thing about it is all of the names of the dogs are all names of like leaders. So like, and even the dogs are like joking about it. Like, you know, we're a pack of alpha males. So you've got Duke. King, yeah yeah chief boss or all of this kind of stuff which is quite fun because like and one of my favorite parts of this film as well is this whole idea that you know like say there are these alpha dogs who were struggling for who is a leader and it's like right then what let's take a vote i don't want to take a vote everyone in votes say i nay <laughs> it's like this whole kind of battling with each other and i think that's quite funny um 2018 was actually the year of the dog as well Oh, so okay. clever year for releasing um and then yeah we, i've already said that one that was my yoko ono with a scientist in the same name but it was dubbed for japan which is very odd apparently i so I, i've just sort of checked up on this yeah I, I i'm not gonna say this is like an empirical fact but a lot of people that are talking about some of the use of like uh japanese text and things like this one of the points that's brought up is that Yoko Ono just isn't a Japanese speaker. That's why. Right. That's, that's, that's why. So someone else had to come in and do her lines. Because apparently quite a few of the Asian characters were non-native Asian speakers. And apparently a lot of the... From someone who was a Japanese fluent, uh, a lot of the text that's on screen, they described it as quite choppy. As if it was like run through a translator kind of badly. Like it right. was, as if it was we not were looking quite at something right. And it, was... it was like they got what they were trying to go with, but like it didn't, it didn't quite read right. That's interesting. Hmm. But no, like you were saying earlier, that's one thing I kind of wanted to talk to you guys about was the Japanese aspect of it. This film's been praised for, like you know, it, its portrayal of Japanese culture, but also very much been like criticised. Like so a lot of people were saying that, you know, the use of having these kind of almost stereotypical Japanese characters like as I was watching it the like they have like the Japanese language is incredible 
Like it's such a cool language. I think <laughs> yeah. that's why as us as a Western culture is so obsessed with it because it's just so different and so cool. And so like I think partly that's why Wes Anderson did have, like you say, them all speaking in Japanese because if you had them speaking English then it just ruins it. And these people are such good voice actors. Like the guy that plays, the guy who looks like he's dead, you know, the... Um, the guy who's with Kobayashi's oh, like, second in command. Domo, he Major Domo. Major looks dead. Like, and, and his voice is just incredible. I feel like that in, in a Western dialect would be shit. Um, and like you say, it, I love the fact as well that it's been done because the dogs are like, you, like you say, you're sympathizing with the dog because it's this whole idea of like, and we do it. I talk to my dog all the time, like it can understand me. She doesn't have a fucking clue what I'm saying. Yeah. But I'm there having a full on conversation about the weather with her and she's just like, biscuit oh i know that (laughs) you can kind of like make it out so i I found that really interesting because like but like you say i'd love to know what happened for the release in japan or even like like china i was i was trying to track it down and i couldn't i couldn't find if they they did swap it or anything because because you'd you'd lose that effect you would lose that effect um I think like even definitely still just running around making dog noises, just barking and woofing at each other. Nah, no, I'm not entertaining the idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's quite nice about this film. I feel like if I, because I watched it today, um, but I feel like if I'd have like paused it and looked at things, like for example, Toho Mountain is because of Toho as in the studio yeah. from Japan like that made like loads of the big like movies back in the day and so that's why it's called Toho Mountain it's kind of an influence from that so I'd love to kind of go through it and see if like you can spot anything else in the background that'd be quite fun How, do you reckon a lot most of the names in this just came from other famous like Japanese things? 100% because I wasn't because the kid's called Atari Atari yeah right? I, I don't know if that's like a popular or a common name um, in Japan and then oh I've completely forgotten what the other what the leader was called Kobayashi yeah that's I'm pretty sure that is the same name as the guy in Die Hard you know the, you know the leader of the Nakatomi Plaza I'm pretty sure that's his last name oh I think it is yeah. Kento Kobayashi is that it that's a name that's in my head like that. but I feel like a lot of the names they picked isn't someone called Suzuki at some point like Probably. at the end right at the end when um chief becomes the secret the, the secret service dog he says that he attacked someone or defeated someone mm. who was called like suzuki or something again i don't know how popular or common these names are but they were very easy for me to pick mm. out well i'm pretty a, sure the name of the here. place i was trying to work it out is either megasaki or something because of nagasaki yeah yeah, yeah it's, it's megasaki it's yeah. Megasaki, yeah yeah like i think that could be down to the fear of not wanting to get something wrong if he tries to kind of create his own or kind of so he's like right well that's established we know that that is Japanese we'll just use that because I don't want to get in trouble like likely I, I feel like I feel like this movie's Japanese influences and I I don't know that I'd offer this as a criticism and someone who knows more would be able to talk about it better than me but like the very surface level I think Japanese references mm. you know like okay we know what a haiku is you know we know mountains so, are a big deal um, you know we the know where with the sam um sumo wrestling the yeah the sumo stuff um uh like the music i think had a bit more care in it but it's still very authentically japanese reminded me a lot of the old godzilla stuff as did like the design of the robot dogs which is very clearly <laughs> just mecha godzilla adjacent <laughs> like <laughs> you know uh, it's i think it's a lot of just like here's 
again, I don't know if this is a Wes Anderson thing or a studio thing, but it feels like if we're going to appropriate the Eastern stuff and the Japanese culture stuff, make it something that audiences, general audiences we assume don't have to Google, you know, mm. they can just pick it up straight away. No, I totally agree. That's with what that. it feels like. Mm. I'm just trying I def- to get... definitely agree with that. There's a, I wonder to see if I can find. I might not be able to. There were loads of other references, just other things in this as well, like Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. That yeah. Was in there, there was a. I thought there was a Back to the Back to the Future reference when they wanted a cold chocolate milk and it got. Yeah, yeah, I, I spotted that. It. I'm sure there were others that I, but they they were like the big ones that I picked up on. I was like, oh, that that's that. That's this. Yeah. Yes, okay, I have found it, right, okay. It's just so I can kind of get it up on screen when I talk to you guys about it. Okay, so, yeah, let's, I've literally, I've written the plot in literally, like, a set couple of sentences for each section of what happens, just, because, like, like you say, we could talk for hours about this, and, like, we don't have the time, and you, dear listener, do not have the time, unless you, uh, you do, then, you know, hi, how you doing? Um, (laughs) You don't have the time unless you do, in which case... Hi. Sorry, it's not that long. (laughs) Okay, so, yeah, so it's basically 20 years in the future, supposedly, and Japan had... I went to say Japanese, then, and Japan at the same time. That's fine. Japan. Japan has basically had this outbreak of dog flu, which they are terrified is going to come onto humans, which I think is quite relevant considering I couldn't believe through. it yeah I turned around Charles like you kidding me this movie's about a fucking pandemic oh yeah. my god <laughs> like there's, there's I, I love all the illustrations and stuff at the beginning where they're like explaining it and there's literally a picture of a dog looking out at a carriage on a subway and everyone's wearing the masks and I was yeah. like yeah. bro re-release this film re-release I don't know what's this. going on honestly because I've, I've, I've mentioned to you all privately that I've started playing The Witcher the first one right mm-hmm. chapter two you go to a, a city called Vizima which is in the middle of a quarantine because of a plague <laughs> I don't, I, I don't understand. Why is it? It's, it's, it's just, it's, it's in everything now. But it, it, from years ago, I don't get it. It's funny. Know. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, so essentially, Kobe, Mayor Kobayashi, who is from this long line of cat-loving bastards, essentially, <laughs> who, <laughs> um, are trying to fulfill the prophecy that was kind of alluded to at the beginning where they basically say that you know it it was all these wild dogs and they were fighting people but then this young boy samurai came and killed the evil i don't know if he was a kobayashi i can't fully remember um and then they lived in harmony and then technically dogs became domesticated and that's the way that happened so he's basically going like right fuck them i go into trash island which right at first I was like, holy shit, Trash Island looks like something that would cause Godzilla. Until Rex <laughs> is like talking about something where he's like, oh yeah, don't, don't go over there. That's an island full of um, toxicity and like chemical pollution. And I was like, Godzilla? <laughs> so that was quite funny. The um, Kobayashi as a character, I half expected him to turn out to be like six cats in a trench coat or something, you know? <laughs> I thought that was going to be the twist at the end. <laughs> I wish they'd have done that. <laughs> Because <laughs> there, there was a scene, there was a scene where he's talking, he's talking on the news about when uh, when they discover Atari on the island, and he gets up and this cat runs away, and I didn't notice the cat sat on him, and I was like, did that come out of his sleeve or something? Like- <laughs> 
Oh, that's why he didn't need that. Would be funny. They should have done that. That would actually have been hilarious. Um, and yeah, so the first dog that kind of gets deported is going to be uh, Spots Kobayashi, who is the guard dog to um, Atari, who is his nephew, who is essentially kind of entrusted by like his family to the main Kobayashi guy because his parents died. You know, every film needs parents dying. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we kind of go six months into the future. Um, and you know the dogs are kind of all forming these packs, and like I love, uh, I've, I've I sent it to you guys, but if if you're listening, please go and Google I love dogs sneezing. There's a compilation of all the sneezes, which is perfect. And at the big at the beginning where they're kind of saying that you know dog flu is da 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 da, it causes and it, it's basically listing the side effects. And it's like insomnia, nausea, schizophrenia, like all of these things. And like like the, the one where it's like, because um, in, insomnia is when you can't sleep, isn't it? Yeah, and the eyes are really wide it's on the like dog. It's like really big. And it's like, and then it goes to the one where you can't stop sleeping and they're all just on the floor. Um, like, so, I, honestly, I howl. And then it was like expressive, ex- ex- expressive, expassive nasal expression. And it's this dog just sat with his back to you and he goes, <laughs> Like, my heart, literally. I would have loved to have been in the room, you know, when they told the team of animators, every now and again, we need a dog to sneeze. (laughs) Just if you didn't think this was already hard enough with all the fur and everything, every now and again, one of them's got to sneeze. I love it. I love it. Um, But yeah, I just, I love the way that they kind of portray the dogs in this. Like, for example, um, like at the beginning, like I said to you guys, where they're kind of talking about all the dogs and there's these amazing illustrations. Yeah. I love how kind of classic Japanese like style they've gone for. That was the one with the masks. Look at that. What the fuck? He's great. And I, I just love it. And you'll notice as well. And I kind of was trying to read a bit on this as well. Whenever you see it on TV, it's illustrated. And one of the videos I watched, um, on YouTube, the guy was like, he thinks it's because um, it's this whole idea of we don't see the media and certain things as our reality. So yeah. that's kind of them looking onto it and being like, oh, well, well that's a different situation. It's not, do you know what I mean? Kind of separating reality from like what they don't want to believe, which I think I think is quite interesting because I do think we look at the media today and we're like, yeah, I hardly watch the news because I don't want to get stressed out by it. <laughs> so, yeah. like, you know, it's one of those things that I, I love. the And also, I just love the style of the like, animation. Like, I think they've done really well. That was a much better way of looking at it than I did, which was just... It just got me thinking of, you know, in cartoons and they watch TV. Are they yeah. watching cartoons or are they watching, like, real-life <laughs> stuff? That's all, that's all I could think of. I was like, is, are, they, are they watching, like... The cogs in your brain. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what was going on there. I but. think that, I think that. Like, ha, what, in the Simpsons universe, what is the difference between crusty, itchy, and scratchy, you know? <laughs> I love they, that. If they got, like, really good live-action animation of a cat actually brutally, or a mouse brutally murdering a cat <laughs> on, like, a Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah. Brilliant. So good. Um... And then, yeah, so like I say, we kind of get introduced to, like, what the dogs are getting up to and how they're kind of... Like, we get this amazing scene where they're fighting over a, a bag of trash. And they're, like... 
wait a second, before we tear each other to shreds, why don't we see if it's worth it first? Then it's like, yeah, okay, a rotten abacore, da 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 rotten, um, what you call it, uh, rice cake, it's worth it. And they just scrap, and the scraps essentially, to obviously to save time, but also stylistically, are just masses of cotton wool with an arm sticking out of it every now and again. Brilliant. Perfect. Amazing. Um... So, yeah, I thought that was quite funny. And he's like, oh, my God, he ripped your ear off. And he kind of just looks at it, walks off. And then so Chief, like, kicks it towards him. Like, yeah, fuck you. Um, li- there's so many little things. Like, like characters just kind of, like, turning to camera and looking you in the eye just as the frame ends. Or, like, just, just little things like that. I love it. When Lots they, of like- fourth wall breaking in this yeah. film. But, like, in a way that's, like, I don't know, because it, it, it can be overdone. I think, I think... Things like Deadpool and Rick and Morty have like taught people the wrong way to do it in a way. Mm. Whereas this was like, it, to me, it emphasized just the way a dog is. You know, a dog is constantly just like getting distracted by a new different thing. So it doesn't feel weird when they just suddenly like turn to camera. It's just like, what? Well, it's just, just this dog. It's just looking around, you know? <laughs> it so works. Um, but it also kind of makes it feel like, especially the early segment, it feels to me a lot like a play. Yeah, I, dug that I get aspect that. Of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's quite a nice way to put it, actually. I like that. Because there's, um, there's, there's some weird... There's like... This is very nitpicky of me to point out, but whatever. There's a narrator in this movie, mm-hmm. which is totally separate from anything else. Like, you, I think you visually see him at the start um, coming out of a Japanese temple, like right at the start. And then he narrates the rest of the movie and says, oh, 20 years later, this has happened. Da, 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 da. And the narrator is originally the one to translate Kobayashi. And then at some point, they put in the diegetic translator, the woman who takes over. Mm. And I didn't mind a person coming in to translate into English. It felt weird to me that there was a narrator and then there was a diegetic one and there was no real motivation for switching those two things so it like Mm. it did feel like a play and it did feel like a movie and because the two things are like at the same time it almost feels like i don't know that you figured out creatively how you wanted this to feel you liked both ideas so you shoved them both in yeah i get that no i totally get that um so yeah so atari basically hacks a plane because he's this fucking smart kid apparently um and he kind of wants to come and find spots, so he's and like like you say, they're just like, oh look, that uh, that thing in the distance is it's, it's gonna lose a wing. Wing flies off. Like it's very and some of the humor's dark. Oh like, yeah, some of it's so dark. <laughs> like there, there's one bit that I, I remember. Like I said, I watched it today and I just didn't write it down. Um, and they said something, and I was like, oh, that was it. They're talking about dogs and stuff because they they're, they're talking about how essentially spots is found to be dead later on and and they're like did you hear the rumor no no what rumor i can't remember the name of the dog and he's like you know da 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 yeah killed himself hung himself by his own leash yeah oh, so yeah. sad i'm just like that's dark <laughs> like, real fucking dark but i think that's why i like it because it's such a cheery film and then they'll like whack that on you and you're like yeah the humor's so dry <laughs> there's there's one bit which i won't well spoil is the wrong word because obviously we're breaking down the plot but I'll, I'll let you describe it later amelia where mm. um it it seems like a lot of characters die out of nowhere and it's very like 
What the f- really? <laughs> we'll get I, there though. I think I know which one you're on about. Um, but yeah, so Atari essentially crash lands on the um, the Isle of Dogs, and so that they decide after a, a vote, of course, that they're not going to eat him. They're going to try and help the little pilot, which is quite. I can see how they've done this as well because obviously Chief is meant to be a stray, and the others are meant to be, you know, like house dogs, like domesticated yeah. dogs. So they're kind of like ah, a master. It's like you know the, um, the dog from Up, Doug. It's like, yeah. you are my master and I love you. They're kind of that kind of dog mentality of you're my human. I'm going to, I like you. I'm going to impress you. Or like when he's talking to them and, and they're like, he's like, sit to. And it's like, oh, sit, I know that one. And he's like, little things like this. Like, I, I just love it. It's like, I, I love it when they kind of get the humor of a dog perfect in a movie. Um, I, yeah, think, so I think the, the interactions between a lot of these dogs, this main team makes a lot of, the movie like when they're all together i think they're the best bits and it's it's the bits where weird stuff can happen and you let it slide the most like there's there's a really cute moment where when atari's plane crashes they throw up a bunch of smoke and like you say it's cotton wool and stuff but it throws up in the air and it's quite impressive and one of the dogs i can't remember which one it might be duke turns to the camera and says wow (laughs) 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 yeah that was impressive (laughs) i've I've just remembered the bit where I think they're getting soppy over missing their masters and oh, I want to give up. I'm going to, I'm just finished with this. And that's they go into the conversation about the dog killing himself. And chief is just there on the other side. Like, Oh, you're making me sick. Blech. And he just fully <laughs> throws up. Fully throws up. <laughs> <laughs> like li- just little things like that, which essentially is this cartoon kid humor. Yeah. But it's fucking, it's hilarious. It's done because it's done. And then you don't, like they don't dwell on it so like Wes Anderson's almost gone like ha onto the next thing and you're, you're still kind yeah. of like wait what just happened like <laughs> there's a lot of that um but yeah so basically they decide to like look after him they fend off Kobayashi's team that kind of comes to try and save him um and so they basically kind of say oh well he's been kidnapped by these ravenous dogs ah dogs and then obviously behind the scenes, you've kind of got the human stuff, which it's interesting, but like, I love the bits with dogs more than I love the bits with the humans. I get Same. why it's there. Yeah. Um, and like you say, you, we kind of get introduced to Tracy. And again, Tracy kind of had a little bit of backlash of this Western hero coming to save it. Why couldn't it have been like a Japanese student? A lot of people were saying. And I, I think personally, the reason why he's done that is because again, it's a character for the West to relate to maybe. Oh, look, yeah. an, an exchange student from Ohio. Whereas, like, I think it would have been more fun to have this kind of, like, Japanese... Even if it's, like, a Japanese schoolgirl who's, like, not necessarily popular. Again, she's part of, like, this clique that's, like, hackers and all this. Like, I don't know. I think... I I personally think, again, that it would have been more fun with a a Japanese person. I totally agree. I was reading... I was reading one person that said that they really appreciate Atari being a a, a hero uh, purely through kindness, which is not a thing often done... Um, towards like Japanese protagonists like it's there's, there's a lot of like so like, when you consider like samurai movies and stuff there's a lot of like honor and warrior and things like this so just being having like a purely kind Japanese hero was a really strong thing and, and they did felt feel like down that like in some way this was supplanted or or accentuated by like the western character which I think is totally fair one of the other things that's weird about Tracy that I picked up on was th- I, I I thought this movie had a women problem like the Oracle is the one female character that is not there to have a love interest in some way, you know, like 
it feels wrong to cast Greta Gerwig as a character who after five seconds is like, she's really proactive and this individual activist and then conscious says out loud, oh, I think I have a crush on the male yeah. protagonist. Oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see the need of that. Hate I've got that. a crush on And all the, f- the, the two female dogs are both curvaceous. Do you know what I mean? Like none of the, yeah. none of the main, like, like whatever breeds you wanted, like none of the ones that you think of as being like a male dog, none of them could have just, what, what difference would it have made if boss was a, a woman? You know what yeah. I mean? I thought <laughs> my dog's a boy. Like, like it kind of feels like this movie was aware of, we all know about the Bechter test. Is that what it's called? I feel like I've heard of it. I might be getting the name wrong, but the the idea is it's a way to analyze like uh, the way women are written in media, especially when they're written oh, by I men. About, which yeah, is I know about this. So the the test is, and I don't think it's as universal, but it's 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 kind of like one on one film analysis. The test is you have two female characters who talk to each other, not about a man, okay. and this movie feels like it was trying to do that but in like the strictest of strict terms like hey we do have them talking about activism now can she be a love interest <laughs> like, you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. we've we've done it we've done it you know we had the scene where her and yoko ono talk about a cure so can we move on like yeah. and i feel like that's kind of a harmful way to treat then, maybe they weren't ono- thinking about that but what it's how it feels yeah even yoko ono- ono's character to a point is obviously depressed and very sad that Watanabe's dead but you kind of get the idea that that was also her partner as well the way she reacts yeah she's just like I'm just gonna literally crawl in a hole and die essentially is her like but yeah it's it's one of them things isn't it um so yeah like uh, yeah Chief meets Nutmeg and he kind of has this change of heart um obviously Nutmeg played by Scarlett Johansson who's just a, a show dog um they find out that the cure works yeah back in the human land um, and then again, we have more kind of stereotypical like Japanese culture. Watanabe and Yoko Ono characters comes to kind of be like, look, it works. And like, I love the scene where they're testing out all the cures, and oh, it, it's yeah. normal. It's like boop, cured, woof, um, treatable, woof. It's like, oh, it starts just getting like more intense. You're like, holy shit, is that how you neuter a dog? What? Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. Like, it's like neutering it's, a dog from? Because it, it's the last one, it's about yeah. controlling the population, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Getting the, oh, the amount shit. down. Oh okay. That's yeah. what it's like this like, big like, and then the, yeah, the one for curing snout fever, they essentially zap the shit out of the bottle. It, 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 just, it just made me how that like, that's how OTT it was, but it yeah. was great. I kind of, I got like good vibes from that. Um, but yeah, so they go and meet Kobayashi, who sat in a Japanese bathtub. And I don't know if you guys obviously know, I'm sure, Sam, you do, but in part, a big part of Japanese culture is the bathhouses and bathing yeah. and going to these like big open pools, having your own private bath thing. Like When Zach and I were thinking about going and trying to plan a trip to Japan, one of the big things we wanted to do was find a bathhouse and kind of experience your own little private one and all these... Like, there's, there's like baths of tea of wine that you go in and rejuvenate it's like a whole thing so like to have him sat in that was quite funny and then you've also got the other kind of thing where i remember watching a documentary or something as well where basically in japan and parts of asia tattoos are seen as like gangs like symbolism 
so especially like big out, ones on the back yeah, yeah and he has that fat tattoo on the back of like a, a it's a it's a cat of some like type it's quite funny because again if you know this about their culture you'll understand that that like you say is the show of crime so oh you wouldn't see kind of think oh my god he's a corrupt crime boss because he's got these things and if not it's just a cool japanese tattoo i guess um so i love that it just like burns it and then you kind of, i don't know when but you then sure after get the amazing scene where they're making su- like poison sushi essentially with the bloody yeah. poisonous really wasabi. brutal that scene like like fucking taking like the top of a crab off like yeah, still alive killing it yeah and just pulling it like i love how symmetrically everything flows yeah and like that, that scene was quite it's oh, intense know, it was it was it was <clears throat> kind of satisfying it was like oddly satisfying but also really gross this yeah yeah thing. it turns up in a lot of there's an amazing playlist online called um, asmr movies which is just really nice scenes to watch in films and one, that was in one of them. And like you say, you're like, oh, you're watching him cut everything. And then you're like, oh, oh. And then you can't really focus because you're thinking, oh, my God, that skull, that literally, that crab just had his, his skull pulled off and then his intestines pulled out, his legs then chopped off. And so you're kind of taken away from it and you're like, oh, but look at that little sushi roll. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Put it in a bag with a piece of tape. Oh, oh my God, poisonous wasabi. Like, it's, it's a whole thing. Messes me up. <laughs> I like sushi as well. This is the problem. I'm like, do you know, I, 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 I fucking I love a, good, a bit of crab, a bit of crab claw, delicious, mate. Is it I, like a thing for me, like to make, like showing like how thingy I am? But like seeing that the crab was alive and then taken out didn't affect me the way it seems to have affected the rest of you. <laughs> I was like, I, I wasn't asked that the crab was alive. Just think of like Mr. Crab from know. SpongeBob. Like, imagine him just slowly having the top of him just ripped off. But like, his... for me, the thing is, it's a crab. <laughs> in other words, in other words, Joe, you ain't going veggie anytime soon. <laughs> right. I understand. I understand what you're saying, but consider this: in the rules of this universe, we know dogs have like sentience, right? Well, yeah. Fair so, like, how, does that extend to the rest of animal? Like, is that crab a were? Do you know what I mean? But see, this is the thing. Like, the, there's like rats and things in this film. They don't seem to be like sentient. It's weird, isn't it? Well, there's, there's <laughs> the owl, owl that can't talk, but it is sentient. True, you know, it yeah, is choosing. It's like a different language, isn't it, with him? Yeah. So maybe the crab, like, and and I think because it's all animal based, when you bring it back in. Also, I don't know. I don't know. I'm this weird. I'm this weird bit where I'm like, I couldn't, I know I can't watch any of the videos that are out there that are involved in meat and fish food production. Hell, I actually find it difficult to walk past the fishmongers. Like I couldn't, I, I feel odd about it, but you know what? Meat is tasty in yeah. my <laughs> belly. Like, <laughs> I know, like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I, get, I mean, like, I'm not saying that I'm going to go to a beach and, like, step on crabs, you know what I mean? I'm not, like... Take a hammer with you I just, just smash them in deliberately. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not like, like... Yeah, I know what you killer mean. killer going around, yeah. like, smashing fish and, and shit. But, like, I don't know. I think maybe because it was animated, I wasn't that thingy about it. Maybe mm. I don't know. But Fair. you all seem to be, like, really affected by this crab being alive. <laughs> and Rasaya, like... Uh, all right. Did you, I, is it something wrong with me? Am I the one who's messed up? So What's funny. up there? We went to like a like a, like a restaurant once somewhere by the coast, and we were young, right? And my uh, my cousin was sat looking at the 
lobsters in the tank. Utterly, like, enthralled by it. Wow, look at them swimming about. My uncle then tells him, oh, yeah, you know, like, you pick them up and you eat them and like that. And so he was horrified by that. But then he goes a step further and says, yeah, it's a whole thing. You put them alive into boiling water and they fully scream. My cousin sat there and cried for the rest of the meal. Aww. Not surprised. <laughs> so, like you say, some things you just hear and you're like, oh, that's not nice. <laughs> See, for me, that, though, like, that's like... I'd be fascinated by the fact that I'm eating this fucking lobster and it was alive, like, five minutes ago. Like, that's... That's, don't, that's, don't that that, that's, a that's a troubling that's a troubling thought no, you just like, shared with us <laughs> no but like it's just it's a mad thought it's it's not like i'm not intrigued by it i'm like ooh, i wonder what else i can do with this information you know that's not like I, it's just it's it's, in, it's like the, the fresher the burger the better is that what you're saying if they could bring what? the cow out you know what <laughs> when you like, order this is molly you're going to be eating this section here. Is that, does that improve your experience? Well, it's not for me. It's just, it's an interesting, it's a mad thing, isn't it? Like, you're like, whoa, like, shit, this thing was, like, alive, like, five minutes ago. Like, what the fuck? And I'm just digging, I don't know, it's weird. It's a weird thing. I've never eaten lobster, so I've never had that experience personally, but I imagine that would have been my thought process. Yeah, I'm not fancy yeah, enough to eat lobster. fancy lobster. Down. They ain't getting lobsters on Trash Island, that's for sure. Um, there you go, there's no. your segue. Nice. <laughs> yes, so... Uh, um, Professor Watanabe has just been killed. And uh, the exchange, ex- exchange student, Tracy, thinks it's a whole conspiracy theory, so she's out there to try and, like, like prove it, essentially. So she's kind of just getting on with that. We then kind of have the journey of... The, the team kind of trying to find spots and he's like oh yeah you know that there are these like cannibal dogs on the it's, it's like a hand in it like the fingers or something at the end of the oh no way yeah they, they eat dogs and all this and they, they kind of there's flashbacks and stuff at one point to kind of show that you know spots was supposedly taken by these cannibal dogs and they're going to be eaten and then you actually find out that like they were these dogs that were like tested and like really like cruelly treated and then uh, I love it when they're like we resorted to cannibalism once he was on his way out and we put him out of his misery Ooh! <laughs> and they all just start howling <laughs> like little, little things like that are quite funny um so they're on their way there and then they kind of get split off so then we kind of get Chief's kind of not redemption arc but his like growth as a character he gets a bath and he finds out that, oh, holy shit, I look a lot like, a lot like Spots. Am I part of this rare breed or whatever? And like he kind of grows to love Atari, which is quite cute. It's such a sweet sequence. Like there's, yeah. um, there's a really good bit of characterization. You keep getting told about Chief biting. Like when Atari first meets him, he says to Atari, I bite. And then Atari doesn't touch him. Um, and then... Um, you hear the story where at one point chief wasn't astray and the family that he adopted, one of them, one of the kids went to pet him and he bit almost bit the kid's hand off. Um, so when the, the growth moment happens, when chief decides to fetch a stick, you know, I'm, I'm not doing this for you. It's I pity you. This is ridiculous. <laughs> but then afterwards, like when Atari bends down and puts his hand on chief's face, I, 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 you can tell this movie got me. I literally turned to Charlotte and I went, he didn't bite. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> I loved it. It was such good, like characterization. I was, I was a big fan. No, it's cute. It's definitely cute. Um, so yeah, so then they kind of meet all back up. Um, 
and spots is kind of comes to the rescue from these like I said, these mecha dogs um which is crazy like these like they're very like you say influenced by japanese culture i do think there's little mecha mecha dogs which is quite cool uh, and then yeah spots kind of comes out of nowhere saves them all and um they find out that Spots and Chief are actually from the same litter. He's like, I'm your older brother by five minutes. And then there, watch call it. Chief's like, tell me, was I the runt? Not anymore. Oh my God. That's yeah, nice. <laughs> I've only just remembered. Um, we went past it. I referenced Go- it earlier. The whole bit where Chief starts to get closer to Atari. That happens because they're in a, they're all, the whole gang's in a cart that splits into two across these two lines <laughs> and four of the main characters go into this machine and it says like incinerating crushing all this stuff all at once and me and Charlie just looked at each other and we were like no way they're fucking are they dead no fucking way and then you watch Atari playing a slide for a bit and you're like four main characters just died <laughs> I do. I, I did actually forgot about. I and, and they're not. They're fine, but like it's insane. Yeah, they meet back up at the end, don't they? Before the fight happens, and like Edward Norton's character is just like pissed, and he's just he's like, "How come you all you look so different? Why are you so clean?" And because he, he's just covered in like black soot. Like it's like, "Well, you've been through like shit." Um, but yeah, so that's quite funny. And like you say, we meet all of the the other dogs and. Um, and they find out that Spots is going to be a daddy and um, what's, I can't remember what, Peppermint or something like that. The, the girl, his, his girlfriend's going to have pups. And then later on when they're on the boat and she has the pups, fucking hell, they're ugly. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> like making like human baby noises. Yeah. But like, and I'm not going to lie. If any of you guys have obviously seen, like actually seen like a no- newborn puppy, they do look fucking weird. I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. Yeah. So like seeing it in animated form, I was a bit weirded out when I first saw this on the cinema. I was like, what the fuck is that? But like, you kind of grow to love them because of how freaky they are. Um, so that's cute. Um, they get over to the shore um, it's re-election night and Kobayashi is about to be elected in again and his plan is if he gets elected back in he's gonna basically <clears throat> I can't remember if it's literally to kill them or to like neuter them so there's no more dogs um, but he's gonna basically do that um, gas them all yeah, like yeah. a big old camp and he's like right yeah. let's gas them like oh, uh, yeah, a bit on the nose <laughs> alright then that's that sounds uh, awfully familiar mm-hmm. yeah. right <laughs> And they got this information, obviously, through um, through the owl, who was told by the dogs, because Oracle watched it on TV. Fucking legend. Um, and, and that was another thing I read up, that there's parts in this where some people have interpreted it where, like you say, the, the, like the owl is talking to the dogs, but Atari's listening, and they're like, oh, no, they're going to kill all of our friends. And suddenly it's almost like Atari knows what, what's just been said. Yeah, and like a lot of people are saying this, but I get that because in the, the day, there's no. How are you going to get around that? Like, it's, some, sometimes in film, things have just got to happen, and you can't question it. <laughs> like, yeah, there's not a I, reason for everything. I feel like a lot of the weirder stuff in the end of this movie is because the scope of this film changes dramatically and quickly mm. when you're going into the third act. Mm. Um, like, and I, <laughs> I'd even argue maybe for the worse because like. 
I thought this movie was at its strongest when it was this family unit movie of this kind of like adventure quest film where you, you you're going on this journey with these characters and all the characters are fun and you, you can obviously tell where the stories have got to go like when you look at the character archetypes but that's fine it's 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 a nice journey uh with the backdrop of like like social commentary and fascism and all this stuff but the the main story is this and then suddenly it has to be about saving the world essentially like saving stopping a dog genocide and that scope changes so quickly and as a result like when you go into the third act the actual four members of the main team even though they survive death they're not really there mm. they don't get to, they don't get to do anything no. you know because the, the story's not about them anymore and that i think that's a shame yeah you kind of just get the resolution towards the end don't you like like I say they kind of prove that the theory the, the the serum works we'll kind of wrap this up now he, he, he kind of understands that the the, the theory of the serum works spots is taken is kind of given control over to chief um <clears throat> there's like a fight that breaks out because mayor kobayashi's basically been like oh yeah i get this now yeah okay fuck it dogs are cool Let, let's allow them back and then through the hacker no one dies but like say at the end you kind of just get a tiny little picture through narration of all the dogs back where they used to be. But you like, I feel like it would have been nice to have seen them be like, right then guys. Well, uh, it's been really nice knowing you. Maybe we should uh, meet up in the park sometime, you know, run away from, from the, the humans for a bit and just chill. And then like have them meeting their old families and it being like, it's like, Oh, yeah. we missed you so much. Instead of just, Oh yeah, they're with them now. That's it. Yeah, but did you know that, like, Chief is now, like, a cool dog? And, and or, oh, spoiler, Spots is alive! Like, do you know what I mean? It kind of, like you say, it kind of just go over straight to, oh, well, yeah, okay, these people were in it and were funny, but really it's Chief's story. Yeah. <clears throat> so, like you said, that kind of happens, doesn't it, where... And I don't know if you guys noticed, but obviously Tracy gets with Atari. <laughs> thing. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure her kimono or traditional dress had american flags on it i'm pretty sure if not the design was very similar <laughs> which was quite funny um and they've got one of those little rat rodent baby things um you mean a puppy yeah that. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah you even get that moment of breaking the fourth wall right at the end don't you where he's laying out all the little tiny bowls of food and then he kind of looks straight to camera and like it just kind of ends that was quite funny. Um, yeah. It's, there, there was a lot of, there was like weird, it felt like they tried to cram so much in at the end. Like <coughs> they, they, you know, Atari and the dogs all get, get there just as, as, um, fucking hell. What's this? The villain's Kobayashi. name has gone out of my head. Suddenly it was there. Kobayashi. Kobayashi's about to do the executive order and fucking gas them all. And then, he basically has like a change of heart, but then because of everything that's gone down, like a big fight that happens, Atari's like kidney's going to fail and he's already lost one kidney. So then Kobayashi says, Oh, take mine. And he has like a redeeming moment. And it feels like they're just trying to cram like every kind of like plot trope in at the end, you know, I, I, I would have almost liked them to have been more subversive. Like, like at the end of um, Pan's Labyrinth, you know, the villain tries to give himself a redemption or tell my son this, that, and the other, and they just fucking shoot him before he can finish talking. So I have <laughs> absolutely fuck you, mate. You know what I mean? Like I could have done with a bit more of that and a bit less of like, 
Everyone do you have to do the Return of the Jedi ending? But like, it felt know? like a a grown up cartoon, not like how Family Guy or South Park is, but like uh, all the little comedy beats and the dry humor is very much like the sort of stuff you'd seen like like a cartoon, like the kind of thing you get in The Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. And then the oh, it's a big old happy ending at the end. Even that felt quite cartoonish, but just with the uh, more brutal, subtle. <laughs> like jokes to like suicide or mass genocide and the animation being a little bit more well the fact that it was it was dirty it didn't feel yeah that's like, a good way to describe it because as, as i said before wallace and gromit is very much like a family friendly animation gromit doesn't have fur he doesn't like no one really has hair it's all just big clumps of plasticine but the fact that everyone had this grimy dirty fur even when it was clean it still looked yeah. kind of like gross. Carrot dogs frequently had like red in their eyeballs you know in fact characters yeah. in general frequently had red and veins and stuff that that's the kind of thing you don't <clears throat> normally get in animation yeah there was something about it that just felt more like a cartoon but for grown-ups kind of mm. but yeah i guess that's that's why that's how i'm justifying this really rushed final everyone's happy yay kind of ending yeah that's fair that is fair yeah but yeah that's kind of all i have to say <laughs> i'm done yeet to the notes fair dues okay that was isla dogs what we're going to do now is we're going to go around in a circle and give any final thoughts we have on the movie and individually give it a score out of 10 and then i'm going to use matt to get an overall score out of 100 and see where it ranks on the list of the best to worst movies of all time amelia kick us off yeah so like i say i've spoke about this for over an hour now sorry about that um it's all good. yeah i'll keep it short and sweet i like i say i saw this film twice in the cinema i really love this film um i just i love the aesthetic i love everything about it to the point where it's actually made me want to go and watch more wes anderson films because i enjoyed this one so much so that yeah. can only be good um so yeah i mean i'm i'm gonna rate this one so high because i feel like we tend to rate, rate things within a kind of bubble of numbers. And if we don't get out of that, it's a struggle to kind of, you know, fight the others. So uh-huh. I'm going to be quite bold here and I'm going to give it a 10. Holy shit. Yep. Jacob. So, yeah, I'm, I want to give it either a seven or an eight again. I don't want to be really diversive and give it a, a 10 or like a four. Cause <laughs> I don't think it was it was it wasn't terrible but also it wasn't super amazing as we've sort of talked about it we've definitely kind of pointed out some of these things that were just not quite perfect yeah. like 100% 10 out of 10 worthy for me um, I think as, as the story goes I want to give it a 7 but I had to keep reminding myself this was animated by hand there's probably a little bit of computer work going on where like clouds faded or whatever, but the amount of effort they would have had to go to just to make this is insane. Yeah. Um, it just, it looks awesome. Um, and yeah, the story's not half bad either. So I'm going to go with eight out of 10. Eight. That's fair. Joe. Um, I mean, like I said before, I like Wes Anderson anyway. The um, the film I couldn't remember the name of, the name of before was called the um, the Royal Tenenbaums, and then the, the one about the Scouts is the Moonrise Kingdom. Um, and you know I like them all; they're all good. So I was always excited for this one anyway. If I'm gonna like compare this to his other animated one, the Fantastic Mr. Fox, 
difficult one because I've seen Fantastic Mr. Fox more. So if I was gonna like be like if I was gonna choose between the two of them to watch, I'd choose this one only because I've not seen it as much. Um but then saying that again, it's in my opinion it's not his best film either. Like the Grand Budapest Hotel is better than this. Um I'd rather watch that one than this one. Because it's, it's a better story, I think. But yeah, like if you take into consideration all the animation and just the general, just have just the whole thing. Like as far as animations go, it's definitely <clears throat> probably one of the better ones. So I'm gonna give it probably gonna give it an eight because the animation's good, the cast's good, the story's good, but it's not his best story. So yeah, an eight. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Um, the rushed ending was was a disappointment, um, and 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 not not just because plot points felt rushed. Like I mentioned, like it was, I was upset to see main characters disappear into the background because I'd really grown attached to them. Uh, the humor largely really worked. Um, it's a gorgeous film. It, the the effort that that went into animating it is is obscene it's unbelievable that they can put these things together and it's so impressive um there's some really gorgeous shots in this that i really appreciate it's some really beautiful lonely like center framed stuff which i really liked um yeah it's it's an excellently well well made movie that i want to rate a little bit higher but i can't escape the feeling that i was somewhat let down by its ending so i'm going to give it a seven but it's still like it's still a movie i really enjoyed so that gives us an overall score of 82.5 out of 100. I thought that would happen. Okay. So we do have to do a little bit of a round robin. Okay. It's not that many films, but it's a couple. So Amelia, <clears throat> uh, I forgot the fucking name of the film. I love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I love dogs or Bill and Ted one. <laughs> Uh, Bill and Ted's fun, but I feel like this is a bit more, like, I, I feel like I appreciate this one more, like we say, because it's, so much has gone into it, so much kind of clever thinking has gone behind a lot of it. Bill and Ted's fun, but I just, I'm more partial to this one, That's personally, fair. so I'm going to go with Isle of Dogs. Jacob? <coughs> yeah, I'd say some of the things, Bill and Ted one feels like someone went, should we make a movie about this? And they went, yeah, okay. And then they just did it. Yeah. Isle of Dogs, it was, there was so much more went into it. It, it feels like anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm going to say Isle of Dogs as well. Joe? Yeah, I'm going to say Isle of Dogs as well. For That's the, fair. For the exact same reasons. To be yeah. Fair. Uh, I feel bad because I'm such a Bill and Ted stan that I would have picked that, but it doesn't matter. So round two, Isle of Dogs or Baby Driver? Amelia again. Again, Isle of Dogs because I, I think I'd rewatch that over Baby Driver personally. Jacob? I think I'm going to say Baby Driver, you know? Yeah. I, uh, Edgar Wright movies are always well thought out and planned. And well, if I use Amelia's way of like deciding between these two, I would much rather watch Baby Driver again than Isle of Dogs. <coughs> Fair. Joe? Um, it's weird. It's a weird one because both directors have a very clear, like... It's very stylistic, aren't they? Yeah, very that, you know, character. it's very clear that you're watching one of their films. Yeah. But if I was going to have to pick between two, I'm going to have to pick probably um, Isle of Dogs because it feels more... 
I don't know, like, Baby Driver's good, and he's got his, you know, it's good music, and it's got the timing, it's good, it's, you know, but it just feels like more effort went into Our Dogs. Not that no effort went into <laughs> Baby Driver, obviously. Yeah. But it just, because of the what kind of film it was, naturally there would be more effort, would be needed for it anyway. And you, mm-hmm. I feel like you can tell more with it. That's fair, that's fair. Uh, I would have gone with Baby Driver, but there's nothing more I can add. It's just, it's, it's kind of just inverse opinions constantly which puts us a tie, which gives us host bias, so it goes up again. Anyway, one more time. Spirit away. Like, I, I know my answer to this. Yeah, like Joe said, <clears throat> because, you know, this may not be one of his greatest works. I wouldn't know that personally, but I can see that... I, I watched Grand Budapest Hotel like once, and I don't really pay attention, so I do want to rewatch that one. But... Spirited Away is one of Hayao Miyazaki's greatest films, and I think one of the greatest films that ever came from Japan to the Western audiences, and I think that Spirited Away is one of the main reasons we have Western directors being so influenced to make films influenced by Japan, like Isle of Dogs, that I think without films like Spirited Away, you wouldn't get things like Isle of Dogs. So I'm going to go with Spirited Away. Jacob? <laughs> I didn't like Spirited Away. I just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just didn't get it. I don't know what. I f- clearly, I think I'm going to have to bring myself to watch that again at some point because I just I don't I don't get it. Um, so I'm going to go with Isle of Dogs. Okay, Joe. I'm going to go with Isle of Dogs as well because I mean, Spirited Away was good, but again, if I was going to choose between the two, I'd pick Isle of Dogs. Okay, fair. To watch. Uh, it, to watch. I will agree with Amelia and pick Spirited Away. Because, um, yeah, I fucking loved that movie. It was so good. It was, it was so weird coming at the at the end of when we were doing the, the Miyazaki movie. Because we, we, we said Ghibli season, but they all ended up being Miyazaki in the end. So when we did that little Miyazaki run, like, I felt like I had largely mixed opinions on them all. And then Spirited Away was this incredible fun time that I just like super got on with. So I give it that. So that again, draw, but host bias. Amelia, you picked Spirit Away. So it doesn't quite get there. So Isle of Dogs sits mm-hmm. at the eighth greatest oh, wow. movie of all time. Very high nice. between Spirit Away and Baby Driver. Not a bad place to be at all. Which brings us to our most important part of the show. And that's finding out what we're going to be watching next time. <coughs> Jacob. Yes. So I couldn't decide um, on which film to pick next time. So I'm going to ask you, the, the rest of you three, to head on onto Instagram, head onto the, the Insta okay. story for outtakes. Is it, is it not at the real outtakes the on real Instagram. Outtakes Instagram. And give us, give us a vote. Um, the choices I can reveal now were between <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And it, came, it comes out today, which is why oh, I... Right. Uh, so it's either finish and Ferb the movie Candice Against the Universe... Or the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I, did I would poll. never have fucking guessed when I saw that poster. That fucking killed me. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. Okay. So I, I put a poll up on there. If you want to take part in polls, follow us on Instagram. Maybe we'll do them from time to time. I don't know. But yeah, if you guys want to how vote on that, how and then I'll. Uh, is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Like, is it on anything? I haven't checked, but I haven't seen it on anything recently. However, I know that it might be on Netflix. Is on Disney Plus. 
the, the main reason for my choosing of Hitchhikers is because it'll be the 42nd episode. Which is nice. 42, which is... Oh, now that you've said that, fuck it, I'm going to just go. See, I haven't watched Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because one of our teachers decided to put it on in RE. No one was interested. Everyone wanted to go home, so we all refused to watch this film. Mate, um, what? So whenever I think Should've of it, I'm done just it. like, oh. Should have stuck around. Uh. Douglas so Adams. I, I want to pick it just because I kind of want to have my mind changed on it. But then Perry, Perry the platypus. Have, have you all voted? <coughs> I I've voted, voted, yeah. I voted. Yeah? Does okay, it tell let's... you what we voted for? Uh, yeah, I can have a look. Go on, oh, okay. Doing Results a drum roll. So overall, we had two votes. I mean, this just kind of is revealing our audience size at this point and how many <laughs> followers we actually have. But okay. Um, yeah, we only had two votes for uh, option one, which was the Phineas and Ferb movie. And all the other votes were for Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. So, yes! Uh, yeah, it looks like we're doing Hitchhiker's Guide. Okay. I love that movie. I'm excited. That's just a fun time for me. I'm so happy about that. I like Phineas and Ferb, but I was, I was going to be so fucking bitter if I didn't get to do Hitchhiker's Guide. I have to bring it up. Brilliant. Well, thank you very much for watching this episode on Isle of Dogs. Let us know what you think of the movie and this episode in the comments down below. Can you do like comments and stuff on like audio podcasts? I don't know. You can give us a rating. You can give us a rating. You can give us a rating on iTunes and shit. Oh, come on. You got it this far, right? (laughs) Yeah. God damn it. Uh, Well, I've totally lost my train of thought. If If you've watched us on YouTube... Uh, consider hitting that subscribe button and a like button. That's pretty cool. And if you've listened to us on whatever podcasting app you want to listen, you want to use, uh, you can also hit hit that little sub button to see when, when new episodes are coming out. Um, if you want updates on new episodes and polls and whatever else we're doing, go and check out our Twitter and our Instagram at the Real Outtakes <laughs> on both. Right, pretty cool. Pretty, that's good, isn't it? Bye, good. bye, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>